Kane is in the building. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Three Peep Podcast. This is the fifth episode of the eighth season. We got another good show lined up for you folks tonight. Another big football heavy show for all you football lovers. So buckle up and get ready to go. For this week, I'm your host, Alex Castle. And as always, I have the pleasure of being joined by Josh Bromowitz, EJ Hummel, and Stephen Bonazzo. Gentlemen, we got another week of football in the books, and we definitely got some major headlines as the week has progressed. Two big names hit the IR, rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson and superstar wide receiver Justin Jefferson. We also have some big takeaways to come from this week, too. One of them being, oh, and I'm sorry, and... The Jets. All right, Josh. I'm. I, 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 don't start throwing that around. All right. I'm sorry. I disrespected the Jets. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is that his name? He tore his Achilles. He's out for the season. Big blow for the Jets' offensive line. That just seems to be a theme in New York right now. Is New York teams struggling with their offensive lines? We'll get into that a little later in the show. But some of the big stories to take away from this week, um, we're, we're going to table this this game a little bit later, but congrats, Stevie, your Chicago Bears won the first game of the season. Thank you for beating the Commanders by 20 points. I was very happy to see DJ Moore get a hat trick, even though his 49 fantasy points did absolutely nothing for me because I played against Jamar Chase who had 50 points. What else can we uh, talk about? The Saints beating the Patriots 34 to zero. I'm sure Josh, you'll hit on that a little bit when we talk about your Jets. I'm very happy to see that. The Steelers, they pull out a win against the Ravens. That's a big win for them. Even though Matt Canada chants, fire Matt Canada chants, were going on at the Penguins game last night. And, and 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 that's actually why don't we start there, gentlemen, with that game. The Ravens had no passing game. No passing game. They just signed Odell to this big one-year deal. They have Duvernay. They have Rashad Bateman. They have Zay Flowers. They have Mark Andrews. Going into this season, I personally thought Lamar finally had the pieces around him to start throwing the ball more so he wasn't expected to scramble all the time so he wouldn't get hurt. Now I'm starting to wonder, you got Odell, who I don't know if he played the full game healthy, but he was dealing with an ankle. I think Duvernay had a little bit of an injury. Mark Andrews, I think, has been a little banged up this season. So, Josh, my my question for you is, is this Lamar getting acclimated with 
guys like Odell and say Flowers, Bateman coming back off of his injury. Did Baltimore not do enough to build around Lamar? I mean, you know, because we all know what happened going into this, his contract in the offseason. So when you look at the Ravens, losing a game like this to the Steelers, who we've seen some very bad play, what kind of turnaround does this Ravens team need to make with, with throwing the ball? So I wouldn't put this loss against a divisional rival on Lamar. I, I just saw a stat. I'm trying to pull oh, it up. Right let me now. just be clear. I'm not putting it on Lamar. I'm putting it more on questioning the receiving core around him and how the team tried or attempted to build him. Not okay. putting it on Lamar so that, that's fine. I'll elaborate on that because I just saw a stat. In Sunday's collapse against the Steelers, they had seven drop passes, which is the third most by a team since 2013 and the most since week six of the 2021 season. So you bring in all this talent, Odell Beckham Jr., you draft Zay Flowers, you have Mark Andrews, who's a multi-time All-Pro, you have Rashad Bateman, who you're hoping can grow into more of a developed receiver. You expect better offensive outcome, and it just was not there at all. So I don't know how the Ravens could go about this and fix this immediate problem. I don't know if this is just a fluke or what, but it's definitely a concerning problem because they're going, they're the reason they make Lamar look good. They're going to be the reason this team go is supposed to go far and go deep in the playoffs, but if they're not able to make catches and help their quarterback out, then this team really has no shot whatsoever this year and going further into the playoffs. Their defense is fine. They look good, but maybe that was also just the poor play calling by Matt Canada, the Steelers OC, but they did their job. The offense did not whatsoever. Maybe that means Lamar has to run even more, but the whole reason for the Ravens to bring in all this talent to help out Lamar was so he wasn't running as much and putting himself in more danger than he already does. And, you know, I'm not crapping on on the Steelers at all. I'm not taking anything away from them because they arguably have the best defensive player in all of football. I mean, the injuries that TJ Watt played through in that game is absolutely incredible, but you're right. This might not be something they could fix overnight. This could be a total fluke. But again, when you add speed and explosive pieces like that, if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm expecting more more offense. And again, not just Lamar running around all the time and having to produce offense that way. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how the Ravens can move the next week now i'm going to switch divisions in the north and we're going to move to the nfc north and before we get to the bears because i know i know you're itching stevie i want to give a shout out to to the lions i became a fan of dan campbell and this team ever since i saw them on hard knocks and i really do think everything is coming into fruition with 
the Vikings only ha- having one win still, the Packers losing to the Raiders, the Bears only having one win still. Sorry, Stevie, but I do think that this division is for the taking uh, for the Lions. And they're going to be playing Baker and the Bucks this week. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for them. The Bucks don't look that bad this year. I like the pieces on defense. So that that's going to be a lot of fun to see. And I'm uh, very happy for, for golf too. So, but Hey, like, like I said, at the beginning of the show, I'll be honest, like it's crazy because the lions definitely look like the best team in the NFC North, but I think there's still so much more that that team can do. Like their offense, I think is really good, but they're also doing it without not utilizing the rookie that they drafted so highly. Jameer Gibbs, who teams thought was a stretch, but the Lions are so confident in using him. He really hasn't been much of a factor so far. There was one week where he had a very solid outing because Montgomery was out, but Montgomery is a stud. Jameer Gibbs is basically just a running back, uh, second running back option, not really being used as a wide receiver. You pair with Jameson Williams being back and Amon Ross St. Brown. Laporta is a really good tight end already has the same amount of tight of touchdowns as Kyle Pitts. The lions can be a very, very dangerous team. And I think, and someone can double check this. I think they put up 42 points last week without St. Brown and Gibbs, which is extremely impressive to me. So, and, and, and I, and I gotta say, I just love Hutchinson, man. I mean, the dude is beyond, beyond explosive. So, Stevie, you're 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 a complicated fan right now because with all of the pieces that Chicago has brought in, you're actually rooting for them to be the bottom of the barrel where they currently sit with my Giants. But you know what? They they put up that fight last week, and maybe they did it for Buckus. I I hope they did. I think a lot of fans wanted them to. So putting up 40 points, DJ Moore with the hat trick, and Gakwe making some moves off of the line. What are your thoughts not only going into this game against Minnesota without Justin Jefferson, but the rest of the season? Is this showing you that maybe you guys can hold on to fields, that you can make the right moves to compete? And also... I saw the enthusiasm. Oh, thank you for bringing that up too. And I want your opinion on Claypool getting traded to Miami. So taking all that, wrapping it up in a in a nice Chicago style dog, Stevie. Let's hear your thoughts. I can do that. So no, uh, no Chicago pie. Just the dog. You want? Listen, where we come from, that that deep dish, it's not the real pizza. So I'll. Put I agree. Pizza. I agree. So I'll pick the. Especially shot. you, you and TJ, you guys got arguably one of the best pizza spots in the whole country. So we don't recognize whatever they make in Chicago pizza wise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you hear me now? Because uh, Josh, but, Josh muted me. Loud and clear, my friend. Yeah, and then then and then it was causing with my microphone and now I'm yeah okay see hold on hold on let me just here we go 
Yeah, we hear you this whole time. We've heard yeah, you the whole time. It wasn't from my mic. Now this is from my mic. Yeah. This is your fault. Anyways, um, so Chicago dog style. Listen, I, I w- like going into the season, I wanted the Bears to win. And then they started to suck, and that's why I wanted them to suck. Because then the Panthers were sucking, we were sucking. So then the Bears have the number one and number two picks. And I was like, if we could get freaking Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., like, that's unreal. Now, Fields, back-to-back weeks, thrown for over 300 yards, close to 300 yards, four touchdowns each, not turning the ball over as much, looking like looking decisive and looking like a quarterback. How do you want to move on from him? And the dude is 6'3", he's a physical specimen who is lethal with his legs, and he hasn't really used his legs at all this year. Who can make any throw in the book? It was just up here. His noggin, his brain, his mind. And now it seems like it's starting to click a little bit. Those gears in his brain, it's starting to like, wait, we know how to play this position. We played this position for quite a long time, and we've done a pretty damn good job of doing it at his high school, Georgia, then to Ohio State. That led him to be the number 11 pick. And the Panthers are still suck. I hope that stays. So for me, it's like there's much, there's more roster like holes that need to be fixed. So I would rather like keep Fields, take a Marvin Harrison with the Panthers pick, and like continue filling out the roster instead of now having to use one of those picks on another quarterback. Um, and me and my brother were having a long conversation about this on Sunday. Um, I was saying if the Bears don't get the number, I think if you get the number one overall overall pick, like how do you not take Caleb? Like it's really tough. It it really depends. Like Fields legitimately has to, like really, really like surpass expect uh, expectations. So now if the Bears don't get number one, or say they get number one, but then say like the Bears actually start winning games and then we're out of the top five or whatever. Now it's like. I don't know. Marvin Harrison is unreal. So it's like, why, like, why, if I don't have the number one pick, like, listen, I think Drake May could be a really good quarterback in the NFL, but what can he do that Fields can't? Maybe he processed a little better, but I don't know. It's tough to say. He's still in college. Uh, like, wait, he, wait, wait, wait. I just want to cut you off, play a little devil's advocate and I'll, before you continue. So right. what's the difference if you draft Caleb Williams right now, like if the season ended right now and the Bears ended up having the first pick, yeah. not the first and the second, but just the first, you take Caleb okay. Williams. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you necessarily be in that same position you are right now with Justin Fields? Like, what is the difference? Both are hype quarterbacks. Yes, Caleb well, Williams I... is probably a better passer, but the Bears just don't have talent to surround Justin Fields. They don't have O-line to protect Justin Fields. So what's going to change? Because Justin Fields is more mobile than Caleb Williams. Well, that's that's it. Just I guess Caleb Williams seems to have that different it factor already. Um, you know, like everywhere he's gone, he's won, and he's um just his stats are just unreal. I don't know. Look at last year uh, in the Sugar Bowl. All right, I mean he's still Tulane. Tulane. Okay, is he he he's not allowing that defense? USC's defense yeah, is poor. It is atrocious. It's like the Chicago Bears. Yes, honestly, because the dude puts up 50 points. Again. They have, like, the number one scoring in the country, and then they allow, like, 
So that's not on him. He's not playing defense. Um, and plus, he was hurt, too. He got hurt in that Pac-12 championship game against Utah, so he wasn't even 100%, and he's still... But, like, the dude, like, I don't know. It just seems like he has a different it factor. Um, But for me, like you said, the Bears need more talent. So, like, Fields has a talent. Like, his potential, I think, is still so high, and he hasn't come... He's come close, but I think he still has another tier of a potential that he hasn't hit, a ceiling that he hasn't hit. And I just know, like, if he goes somewhere else, he's going to hit it, and he's just going to be one of the top quarterbacks. So that's why I... The Bears O-line, I like already. Like, Darnell Wright looks really promising Look, at right uh, tackle. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but... No, he does. Washington, Washington has arguably one of the best D-lines in all football. And from what I saw from your O-line... They, they held looked, up. They looked very solid, and they they did a great job giving, giving Fields a pocket, which, I mean, obviously Fields played great, but you got to contribute that to all the explosive plays we saw with, with DJ. No, well that, and that's the thing. I mean, like you need, you need time. Um, So, but you got to remember Darnell Wright is a rookie. Nate Davis, our right guard. Um, Like those two together are just nasty. Like they're just like tough, like, um, but he was out all of training camp, pretty much all of, like OTAs and on and off. And even he missed one of the games because he had death in the family. So, he lost a loved one. Like, we all know that takes a toll on you. You know, I don't know what family member, how close he was. But still, if you lose someone you love, that's not easy. And then he's expected to go play professional football. So he's now, I think, getting, you know, I want to say getting over the loss of his loved one. But now it's been some time. You know, now he's back in the Like, he's playing again now and practicing more, free, like, you know, pretty much every day. So he's getting over that. The center has been concern um with white hair and lucas patrick like th- that we need to shore up but then left guard tevin jenkins just came back the dude's a beast he just can't stay healthy that's the only problem and it seems like that's always the case when you get these nasty old line you get these nasty players and then they just can't stay healthy but like the dude comes back and dominates washington's d-line without hesitation and then left tackle right now we got larry borum because usually it's braxton jones but he's hurt so like, imagine if you get two first-round picks and you use one on Marvin Harrison and one on, like, Penn State's O-tack, uh, left tackle, Ula. Olu Fashanu. Fashanu, yeah. Imagine that. So now Dude, you that, got – That's the smart route. If you're the Chicago Bears, you would take Mar- the best receiver by far mm-hmm. and the best tackle by far. And say, Then and say, you're actually committing to building around Justin Fields and not yes. giving up. Is it's very easy for you guys to give up on Fields because his first two years, first three years, have not really been up to par. But can you really blame him with how little he's working with? Like, yes, it's good they brought in DJ Moore. He's looking very good, but Mm -hmm. the Bears have no run game right now, right? I mean, Khalil Herbert is solid, but I wouldn't say the Bears have have an established run game. No, and especially last year we had a really dominant run game, so this year it's not as good. And I think they're trying to add more passing um, to make Justin Fields more of a danger, even more dangerous. Because right now teams are like, they don't, they're like, screw it, let him pass. Like, just do not let him beat you with his legs because he was last year. Um, I hate, I I just hate how quarterbacks, especially like quarterback, young quarterbacks are not given a chance anymore. Now it's like all these new GMs. 
well, I didn't draft you. You're not my guy. I'm going to go get my guy. Well, what's so different about your guy? Like, Caleb Williams is different, but any GM would take Caleb Williams pretty much. Like, based off what you're watching in college where he's making throws like Mahomes and stuff. But we don't know that's going to we, – we assume he's going to do well in the NFL. But, like, what's so – like, is Drake May really your guy or is he just the next best guy and then Justin Fields, you didn't draft him, so now – I don't know. I Like, to me, like, well, like I agree we all, we all assume Bryce Young would come in and change the, the Panthers right away, but – they're 0 and no, 5. They look worse than the Bears. So Yeah, and it takes time with these guys. And like even feels all right. Yes, Bryce Young is five games in. You can't you can't, you know, like five games you can't judge a quarterback on. Um but with Fields, all his number one like his number one receivers, all right, Allen Robinson's rookie year, but Allen Robinson did not want to play that year, so pretty much he was non existent. Darnell Mooney, but Darnell Mooney is a solid two three. I like I said, I'll admit I was wrong. I thought he could be a, a number one. He can't. Um, but then he got hurt last year, and then even this year, they're just not clicking as well as I know they could and how they Are have they in the past. Correctly? Are they because like I, I couldn't tell if they're just not using him correctly, or the dude just sucks because he's got the speed, but the amount of dropped passes that he made that game, I, I was frustrated for you. And, and you know what? It's tough too because Fields, it just him and Fields are off timing for a little. They used to be on perfect timing for some reason because. Mooney, that first play of the game where Fields passed him, Mooney was wide open. He had such a nasty route. He beat his guy. Um, but Fields just like overthrew him slightly. But then you saw it to DJ Moore, it was perfect every time. So it just seemed like like they wanted that Fields to more chemistry. Like they really practiced that all offseason and in, um into training camp and OTAs and all that. And it seems like that might have deterred like um downgraded him and Mooney's chemistry because they had great chemistry but now they wanted more to be the guy which he is and look at i mean dude put up 230 yards and three touchdowns so i don't know but i i just think so that's that's i would say that i i'm hoping fields continues to do this and obviously you say well he could put a good stats but what about his record you know he's now six and 24 well if you look at last year he was keeping the bears in games and he was really Against teams like you know they 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 only lost this um the Eagles who won the NFC Championship and went right down to the wire to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl twenty five twenty last year you know and then they played like Buffalo and like they played good teams Miami last year went right down to the wire um and he he gave uh to St Brown a perfect pass that he dropped that pretty much would have put them in field goal position to win the game so like last year Fields really did not lose them games. Um, maybe some, you know, this year, obviously Green Bay, the whole team looked awful. Same thing in Tampa, but like on Thursday night, he won them that game. Like sometimes I say, I just want a quarterback that can manage a game. He won them that game. I guess you could say DJ Moore too, but I mean, to hang 40 points, it's not like the defense had pick sixes and all that. Like they did back in 2018 with Mitch Trubisky was a quarterback. Like the dude threw for four touchdowns and was, and was putting the ball all over the place. Um, so I hope Fields continues to play like this. And I guess you could say, well, he played against Broncos defense, played against Commander's defense. They both suck, blah, blah, blah. You can't control who he's playing. And these are teams in the NFL. It's not like he's going against a college team. It's not like they called up Alabama for the weekend. Hey, go and play the Bears. Like, they're, you know, they're not. Like, they he's playing other NFL teams. So now, again, the Vikings defense is not the greatest. And then they'll get, well, again, another bad team. But... Um, 
I think just as, as long as he continues to play this consistent, and I think not even like the numbers, but if he just continues to look decisive, like right now he's looking decisive. Before he wasn't, before he was holding on to the ball, he didn't know what he wanted to do, all that. Now he's just playing, looks like he's playing loose as each week grows on. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think they can beat the Vikings this week because even though the Vikings, I will say, are 1-4, and four, but... Um, and they only did lose to the Chiefs by seven. But the Chiefs but, really don't have that many offensive weapons either. They don't have Jefferson, though. I mean, they, which yeah. is huge for your secondary, which it I don't know. He carves, he carves us up. Um, yeah. You know, and so I know, like, the Bears do have a lot of injuries on the defensive side. But even when they're healthy, they're still not good. But right now, I think if I had to take Fields versus Kirk one-on-one, how Fields has been playing, I'll take Fields. I mean, I know Kirk kind of leaves in stats. But, dude, you got Jay Jettas, Addison. Like you have Hawkinson. Hawkinson, like you have just you have the number one receiver, you have a top tight end, you have a solid rookie receiver. Osborne's not the worst guy either. Your no, old line's not bad either. Like you have a good weapon. So the fact that I hope he puts up good numbers. Um but and then I believe it's at Soldier Field too, so it's home. So not that the Bears have like played totally well at home, but um so I don't know. and then with uh Claypool, I'm glad he's gone. That trade just didn't work out. It sucked that we gave up the 30-second pick. But listen, the dude coming out of college was hyped up. He had some nasty years with Pittsburgh. He's 6'4". He runs a 4'4". Like, and he's a big, like I said, he's a big body. That's what we needed. Um, and obviously, Poles pulled the trigger. He tried to get it feels more help in the middle of the season last year because until him, really didn't have nothing. And then it, it just didn't work out. Not everything's going to work out. Um, so... Poles admitted his mistake, traded him, got him off the team, and it seems like he was kind of a headache to the locker room and team because they looked better without him playing. And now that whole like he's not practicing, they're not you know in, um, inviting him to the Hallis Hall and all that. Like now it's all over. Now he's in Miami. He's long gone. I don't even think we play the Dolphins this year, so we don't have to even look at him, see his name. He's out of the locker room, out of Chicago. Goodbye. We tried it, didn't work. What are you gonna do? So, so yeah, but. I think the Lions, the the division is in their hands. It they will lose it if they just completely decide to choke. How the Lions tend to do. I don't. I think this year they won't. Uh, no. They do. They do have a lot of tough injuries, so that will play a part. And not only listen. I mean, the Packers suck. Bears suck. Vikings suck. Vikings lost Jay Jettos. The Packers just seem to be a mess. The Bears are still trying to figure things out. So. Like I said, the Lions are sitting pretty right now. Um, the injuries will cost them, I think, for just the conference rankings, you know, for playoff seating. But they look good right now. And, and listen, good for them. I, I'm not totally mad. Um, I mean, I hate the Vikings and the Packers. The Lions, like, do I like them? No, but it, they're like, the like I don't know. It, it, it's They've been so bad for so long, and they actually put – they did they have put together a good team, good coaching staff. So it's like – how do you, how do you not root for them? It's not like they just got lucky. Like they, it's not like they usually have luck. Like the Packers get two MVP quarterbacks back to back. Like the Lions have gone through some shit, and a lot of misery, a lot of oh, or not they've they uh no they did win that game I think they I don't think they've they might have gone oh and sixteen once but anyways a lot of I think they did at one point if not it was only a one or two well, win wins. yeah but they've gone with a lot of single digit win seasons. And not like eight or nine, like 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 one, two, three, four wins, 
which we know is not fun, especially after year after year after year. So, yeah, they deserve it. You know, they deserve it. And it's like those guys really do seem to enjoy playing for Dan Campbell, enjoy playing with each other. Um, they're a nitty-gritty team. So, I listen, I ain't going to root for them actively, but I'm not going to, like, be like, ah, oh, screw it, man. Like, dang it, the Lions are winning. Like, no, I. it is what it is. Good for them, as long as it's not the Packers. So, yeah, so that's my little Chicago update. Also, uh, go Bedard. Oh, he's back to the Blackhawks. We knew it. We called it. There was talk of potentially rooting for the Rangers prior to the show, but... It, it, if- listen, it's tough because I can only really watch the Rangers because they're on every time. I can only watch the Blackhawks and other teams when they're on like TNT or ESPN, so... Uh, we um, knew it was too good to be true, Steve. But, listen, but, but Dart's too swaggy to not like throw that in there. He... Stephen Benazza, ladies and gentlemen, a CT kid whose heart is in Chicago. That's that, it. That... And they continue to to just disappoint me. So I don't even know where my heart is right now, but it's it's not in New York, Connecticut, or Chicago. Currently currently somewhere in Lake Michigan. If anyone could find it, please yeah. contact My heart still might be in California. I did like California a lot. I don't know. My heart's somewhere. So if someone finds it, just send it back. Uh, I'll send I'll send me a DM. I'll give you my address and uh, we can work things out. Yeah, because it's floating somewhere. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Updates to come on that, but that was uh, that was definitely more optimistic than we've heard so far this season. So I liked that. Another one but, of us that that has to be optimistic. Uh, listen, I'm. Oh. I, I, I just I will say I I I listen. I'm so room for the Panthers to suck. I want to see them go 0 16. I want that number one pick. And for me, it's like if the Bears start winning and feels looks good, I, listen, if the pick drops a little bit, it is what it is because then it shows promise. But then if it kind of tanks and we get another top pick, can't be too bad either. So, But I just want that Panthers pick to pretty much be number one, number two. Just as long as we can get Marvin Harrison with one of our first-round picks, Stevie will be a very, very happy man. And that's that. He He is incredible. He is incredible. We'll we'll definitely be talking about him and the Buckeyes and a lot more college football next week. But we're gonna keep the ship going here. Uh, like I like I said, another one of us has to be happy about the outcome of what our team did last week, and that's the Jets. They they beat the Broncos. They shut Sean Payton up. I was very happy to see that. I got to say that the Jets' social media team did a great job trolling Sean Payton. Um, I didn't see the movie about him on Netflix, but I heard it was absolutely atrocious, which is really sad because I love uh, Kevin James. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't mind the movie. I thought it was a. I thought it was all right, but definitely not one of Kevin James's best movies. That's for sure. No. If you want to, if you want to start by getting a feel for Kevin James, go watch King of Queens. But anyways, we're getting off topic here. So the Jets, the Jets win in Denver, and this was we knew it was a winnable game going into it. It was definitely a uh, a test for Zach Wilson. Could he capitalize off of the good play, even though they lost against the Chiefs? He did turn over the ball, but you know what? When a quarterback commands a win, it's a win. And you're two and two now. So 
Oh, three and two. Uh, two and three. Two, uh, three and two. Two and three. You, you you elaborate on the record when you start talking. But... Two and three. Two and three. I thought the hand gestures would give it away, but it confused you. It, My bad. It, it, two and three. It's been a long day. I've seen too many numbers. Um, but yeah, they won. They're they're going into a tough tough game against Philly, but it's definitely a game that they can compete with this defense. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway for me looking at the Jets team was how good it at, it is to have Reese Hall back at full strength. I mean, the dude is just absolutely ridiculous. Great to see him coming off the ACL. So when you look at this Denver game, Josh, I mean, what stuff that you want to see? Because we can talk about the good. We know that the defense is good. They were able to to capitalize off of Russell Wilson being washed. We know what Brees, we know what Brees Hall can do now that he's back. So what's some stuff that you still were frustrated with that you want to see improvement going into this home game against the Eagles? So first I just, I can't be nervous to not throw this out here. I know I've said this to you a bunch castle and you're sick of me saying it. Don't know how many times I've mentioned it around TJ. So I got to say it at least one time. Thank you, Giants, for allowing the Jets to trade up to draft Brees Hall. It, it it was incredible. And yes, we got Sauce Gardner. And yes, we I got I to gotta cut you off real quick. Uh, I've heard it quite a few times. So thank you again for the reminder. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm sure. Um, but yes, um, it, it was refreshing seeing Brees Hall off the snap count, pitch count, whatever you want to call it, because it really looked like all year he had been healthy and it was just a matter of time before he was taken off the leash. Makes me wonder like if as crazy as it's, as it sounds like I would not be shocked if the jets end up releasing or making Dalvin cook inactive. Like that is how much of an impact player Brees Hall is because they have a young running back waiting who hasn't gotten a chance to play yet this year in Izzy Abaconda. And he had a very, very strong preseason. And it was all, it's only a matter of time before he gets his shot. Michael Carter is basically a third down running back. Brees Hall is, a, is an every down guy and will come off occasionally for Michael Carter. Dalvin Cook does not look like the Dalvin Cook we had hoped for. We knew there was a chance he wouldn't be the same as he was in Minnesota because, yes, he's getting up there in age, no training camp, but he just looks very slow, and that's okay. And I I don't blame Joe Douglas for being aggressive and signing him because you didn't know what you were going to get with Brees Hall. You didn't know if he was going to be healthy this fast into the season. You didn't know how long it would take him to – get his legs under and be this much, have this much of an impact, but clearly it's a lot quicker than the team had hoped for and anticipated, which is fine. It's a good problem to have having running back depth because there's a lot of teams and the jets were in this boat for several years where if you don't have a running game, it really can slow down your offense and make you very one dimensional and very easy to defend. So Having Brees Hall run for 177 yards was very refreshing. My only concern was how 
obvious our play calling was. And I think it worked against Denver because I don't like to say it, but it's the truth. The Jets were just flat out the better team on paper, on the field. It doesn't matter. Going into the game, I was confident the Jets would win. I said it last week. Jets won by 10 on the road when they're somehow the underdogs. Thought it was ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. I knew the Jets would win. They did. But against playoff teams, it's not going to cut it. Against the Eagles, it's not going to cut it. We got to be aggressive on first down like we were against the Chiefs. Zach Wilson was very comfortable in that game, taking a shot on first down, throwing 20 yards down the field to Tyler Conklin or throwing an out route to Garrett Wilson. We got to get more into that aggressive play calling while also utilizing our workhorse running back, Brees Hall, because this team on offense, even though we don't have Aaron Rodgers, we have the weapons. And we've been saying it for so long, and we've seen the spurts. We've seen Garrett Wilson go off in week one and week two. Now we've seen Brees Hall go off last week and in week one. Now it's just a matter of time before we put it all together and we have this happy marriage of the Jets have a very good offense and we know that this defense is capable of being a top five, top 10 defense. And then if that's the case, Jets will uh, make me a very happy fan, which something will end up happening and cause me to be unhappy because that's the life of a Jets fan. The ultimate goal is to continuing to have have that ice cream. And I'm very interested to see, because we talk about this, and I saw a tweet today um, about a possible team. I'm very interested to see what they do with Hardman, because I know that that was a very big signing that you were excited about. Um, the Chiefs was actually the team that I saw that was interested in acquiring him. So, but hey, they're making it work without him. And what I really like, which I don't see a whole lot of teams do, is they're utilizing both of their tight ends in Conklin and Uzama. Maybe not that much with Uzama. Well, I would say they they have three tight ends that I, that they feel comfortable in using because they also drafted last year Jeremy Ruckert out, right, of Ohio, right. who, out of Ohio State, who honestly seemed like he's starting to replace Uzama's touches because of how much better he is as a receiver and his run blocking has improved tremendously over the uh, over the last two years. He's someone that we're excited about. But yeah, Nicole Hardman, I was very pumped about because there really are not many guys in the league with his kind of speed. There's him, there's Tyree Kill, there's Jalen Waddle, but really, I would say that's probably a short list. Maybe HN because Miami Dolphins, it just seems like they have all, every track and field superstar. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nicole Hardman is definitely in that in that tier of top top speedy guys and the possibility of pos of having the fastest a top three top five fastest guy in the league is very exciting and very intriguing because there were so many things that we could do with him jet sweeps vertical routes you name it but it seemed like once rogers went down our offense has changed but it still confuses me why we don't use him because we're playing Randall Cobb so much 
And I am starting to see that Xavier Gibson, the guy who had the punt return touchdown week one, the hard knock superstar is now working into the offense. So maybe he's kind of the reason why Nicole Hardman has fallen out of the offense. And if that's the case, then I'm okay with it because Xavier Gibson has got that similar speed and using his, uh, using him in jet sweeps and whatnot. So it'll definitely be interesting to see where he goes. I'm sure Mahomes would like to have him for a reunion. Uh, I'm sure the Vikings, the Raiders, they could all use him. Who knows? Maybe even the Bears. Good, He would be a very good weapon for Justin Fields if they want to get creative with their offense. So who knows? Uh, I don't think I don't see Nicole Hardman's tenure at the Jets lasting much longer, which which sucks because I was very high on him. But at least Alan Lazard is looking like a good signing. Absolutely. And it's really funny the amount of targets and reps that Cobb is getting without Rodgers, because I think people were not sure what his role with the team would be once Rodgers went down, because I think, or not think, I know Rodgers had the influence of bringing him to New York. Which sucks because Randall Cobb, I'm, I am still very excited that he's a Jet. And he de- he brings a much needed leadership role, which without Rodgers, the the Jets don't have that. And it was very obvious from the the two games that they struggled without Rodgers, the Dallas game and the New England game. They there were reports saying that like the locker room is this and that, and Wilson this and that, and as soon as Rodgers came back, it seemed like everyone's morale and energy is shifted back to having optimism. So we definitely need Randall Cobb to kind of be there to reinforce like Rogers ways of going about being a leader. But I think he could do that without having as many snaps as he does. I do too. It's I do too. I'm sure part of it could be Hackett wanting to have him out there as a vet give Zach Wilson re- little relief. It'll be interesting to see what the Jets continue to do um, with their offense. We mentioned two guys tonight that could potentially be cut or traded. So that'll be interesting. Another game where I'm praying that the Jets win, uh, give give the fans a good win at home, run all of those people all the way back to Philly. That That's all I ask for. Yeah, I didn't even get to talk about that game. I'll do it very quickly. It'll be a a very interesting game because Philly, obviously they're loaded on both sides, but I think the Jets' defense will match up a lot better than people expect. I think we'll see a lot more similarities to last year's Jets' defense, which is how the Jets have been the last couple weeks. Got to stop Jalen Hurts on the tush-push. But our offense has to be able to keep up. Jalen Carter is no joke. He's definitely going to be the defensive player of the year, probably even make an all-pro team at this rate. So got to be able to stop him and score some points because it'll, be it'll be a good one. And I hope, again, it ends with the Jets W. But, yes, Carter, Carter does scare me um, when the Giants have to play him. And I'm not going to ask 
because I'm going to get TJ uh, some some football input right now. But TJ, I'm not going to ask you anything Giants related. Here's a recap for anyone who wants to know. We're one and four. We went another week without putting up any points on the offense. Daniel Jones looks like he got shot in the neck with the bruise that he has. And if I'm Joe Shane, I'm going to start recruiting super seniors at Rutgers just to fill the spots for some of these guys on Sunday. So that's pretty much it for Giants talk. Um, they play Buffalo. It's another primetime game. You can also you can also throw in that they're made of uh, they're they got glass bones and paper skin because everybody's on everybody on this team is damn injured. Here's something funny for for everyone. I don't know if you saw the tweet, TJ, but there's a Giants beat reporter named Dan Duggan who I like a lot. And he tweeted today that he had to pay, I guess, to get the blue check on Twitter just so he had enough room to type out all of the Giants injuries. So if that doesn't tell you the Giants injuries in a nutshell, then I I feel like at this point, it's easier just to say who is healthy. Right. Brian Dable's healthy. Okay, there you go. I mean, mean, at, at, at this point, yeah, you can start naming off players that are healthy, but. Almost, yeah, sorry, almost, you may not know them. Almost seventy percent of the starting offense is injured right now. Yeah. So that's why we're going to skip the Giants talk, and that's why we're going to talk about a game that will lead us into the final segment of the evening, which is tomorrow's prime time game. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going off against the Mile High Denver Broncos, who are probably still high after their performance at home from last week. Now, obviously going into this game, the Chiefs are the favorite, TJ. There's no doubt about that. But what's interesting is is that chances are looking like they won't have Travis Kelsey. He didn't look that good last week with the ankle injury. There's been some practices, but from what I'm seeing on Twitter, it doesn't look too promising. So let's go in with the assumption that there's no Kelsey tomorrow. Even if there is Kelsey, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. Last time we saw the Chiefs play without Kelsey this season was the opener against Detroit. And I looked at this Chiefs offense and I said, they have no one. Sky Moore didn't do anything impressive. That guy named Tony... We all know what he did. He played one of the worst games I've ever seen. Didn't really have too much with the run game. Pacheco was solid, but when you have to keep feeding him, defenses, especially Detroit's, is going to figure that out after a while. So what does this offense need to do differently, TJ, if they do not have Kelsey tomorrow? Because even though the Broncos are one of the worst teams in the league, you can't take any game lightly, especially a divisional opponent. So what should this offense be doing differently to put points up on the board and not keep it as close as they did last time they had, they didn't have Kelsey against Detroit. Well, the first name that comes to mind and it really, really irritates me to say it, but they need to give Kadarius Tony the football. He's, I think he's their better wide receiver on that team. He may not get as many targets, but at least with the Chiefs, he's been kind of doing what the Giants 
drafted him to do, which I still think he was faking an injury. That's besides the point. Um, they need to they need to spread the ball out more. They're, I know as as much as Patrick Mahomes is not going to like it, he's going to have to throw to his no name receivers, just because that's who the Chiefs are at this point. If it's not Travis Kelsey, it's nobody. And I know like Patrick Mahomes can he can lead the team, he can run, he can extend the play, but when you got like your only playmaker in Travis Kelsey, if he's out for the week it really it's going to make them have to scheme all right now we have a game without our best player minus patrick mahomes so they're going to have to spread the ball they're going to have to run the ball with pacheco i i i think if i know denver it's it's not going to be too much of a a pushback but then again this is the nfl and anything can happen <sighs> Castle, I loved your reaction too when I I said Kadarius Tony. Same thing with Josh. It, it's almost like the the Chiefs love Giants receivers because they got Tony, and then they also signed Richie James in the off season. I think Giant, Richie James, Giant Giants legend. Um, I actually also want to pick pick your brain a little bit, Castle. Speaking of the Chiefs, um, talking Giants kind of made this uh, made this point. You know who? could really be utilized right now with Kansas City? Uh, on the Giants currently? Yep. Offense or, de- offense offense. or defense? Offense. The first name that comes to mind if I'm looking at a receiver, I want to say Campbell. Ding, ding, ding. Paris Campbell. And what's really disappointing is he has totally flattened my expectations I I mean, listen, a big part of it is the, the struggle with the line. But every time he's thrown the ball, he gets pushed back for negative yards. And I hate it because I was so excited about him and my brother throughout the entire summer. He sucks. This was a bad move. But, yeah, I mean, and listen, hey, he's on a one-year deal. I mean, not the guy who I think the Giants should trade. I, I do think the Giants should be trading people, and we could get into that next episode. But he's definitely a guy I think that would work with Mahomes. I I think so too, and and given the recent the recent history between the Giants and the and the Chiefs, it's it's it seems to be a good relationship at least with between the front offices. And I know the Giants are looking to. Add, I would assume they're going to add at the deadline because Lord knows they need all the. Damn help they can get. Yeah. Which reminds me, Josh, you better not take Lyle Collins from me. I want him. I've come to my senses and I'd be okay if the Jets pass on him given his health. Scare. Which was really shocking when you said that to me today. I mean, he is coming off a major ACL, MCL. It's the fact that he tore his ACL so late in the season, I don't know when. Yes, he could pass his physical, and that's great and all but I don't know if he truly, truly can handle contact to the extent of being able to be put into a starting rotation this weekend, next week, and whenever it'd be. So I'd be okay if the Jets pass on him for now. Fair. I... But, but I, uh, I do, at least uh, one last thing to say. Uh, I do really like the fact that the Giants aren't uh, being shy about working out offensive linemen 
I think I think that'll send a message to the room, to the locker room, to the players. Like, hey, your your position is expendable, essentially. Like, we need all the help we can get, and if you don't step up, you're going to be out of a job. And I, I, that's at least how I'm looking at it. Um, I don't know how else how other Giants fans are looking at it, but at least for me personally, uh, it's it's a more so like next man up. And if you're starting and you're not you're not putting in the work, or it's not, or it's, the work's not showcasing from practice to games, you're out of a job. And I think, I think with uh, at least with Dave's and Shane, with them like doing stuff like this, at least more so than any other given season. I think it'll give a message to the locker room saying, Hey, you guys need to step up or if not, we'll look elsewhere. At least that's how, that's how I'm going to look at it. it. It's what, it's what keeps the sad voices in my head at bay, trying to think logically about the giants this year, because we all know it's, it's not logical. It's hard to find logic in a season this bad so far, but uh, that's how I'm looking at it. I hope you do too castle or at least some sort of some sort of the same thinking as like hey next man up also shout shout out the bruins they just scored tie game uh a little little puck we'll we'll be approaching uh puck soon too all you hockey heads but yeah before we get into start set just to elaborate quickly off that i do agree i think that's definitely an element um but at the end of the day when you're a 160 million dollar quarterback is taking six to 10 sacks a game. If you're not doing anything to improve the offensive line, then you're saying, Hey, we're the New York giants and we're openly trying to murder our quarterbacks. So that's where I'll leave it at that. Um, But we got another great, like I said, another great week of football ahead. The giants are playing on prime time on Sunday night. If you have a favorite TV show, I recommend watching that instead. Um, Jets playing the Eagles, Bears playing the Vikings, uh, Lions playing the uh, Bucks. like I said earlier. So we got some interesting games going on this week. So it should be another good week of football. And with that, we come to our favorite ending segment for all you fantasy junkies. Who are we starting? Who are we sitting? Um, I hate myself for what I'm about to do. But Josh, congrats. You won in our matchup last week. Um, CMC disappointed me. I'm not even going to look at the app because uh, I felt like I was drowning last week with all my fantasy matches. So congrats. And I'm going to start off who I'm starting this week, uh, keeping in theme with tomorrow night's game with the Chiefs. I'm going uh, th- this guy, I'm going to say start him at the flex, even if Kelsey is playing. And I think this guy is a rookie and his name is Rashi Rice. I think he is becoming a target that Mahomes is enjoying to hit in the slot. I've seen him get a good amount of reps in the red zone. I They can't feed Pacheco all night, even though he's picking it up. I'm not sold on Tony, Sky Moore. I don't have a good feeling about him. So if you need a flex um, guy had a touchdown last week with the exception of the lions, his only other touchdown was against the Vikings. Not a great defense. He's going up against again, a not so great defense. I don't expect certain to be on him. I think he'll be 
covering other receivers. So I can definitely see him being a good, good flex guy. Roughly would expect anywhere. I'm going to say anywhere from 10 to 12 points. I don't think he'll go over that. But like I said, solid, solid flex. Um, That's my start. And in spirit of beating me last week, Josh, you're up next. So, Stevie, you're not going to like this, and I'm not trying to do this to pick on you. But I'm going to start Jordan Addison. And solely because of Justin Jefferson being out, uh, going on the IR. I It really would not matter to me who the team he was playing would be. It's just he is really developed into Kirk Cousins' go-to behind uh, behind Justin Jefferson. And now with Justin Jefferson going down, his target share is going to go up like crazy. Last week, he had nine targets. Uh, he had eight targets earlier in the year. Already has three touchdowns. 16, 16, 11, 18 fantasy points. So he's a con- he's a consistent guy. And going against the Bears, I mean, what more do I do I need to say? I, I've been very vocal about my opinions on the Bears defense, their secondary. I really am not sold on. Stevie's not even sold on his defense. So I think he'll definitely see a fair share of his targets. And plus, they really don't have a real run game. Alexander Madison is not it. Cam Akers is not it. They're really inconsistent running the ball. And Kirk Cousins will air it out. He'll probably end up having 50 targets in the game, maybe even 60 with how much they'll be on the field because of Chicago's defense. So, yeah, I expect uh, Jordan Addison to have a pretty solid game. I'm not mad. I was actually kind of going to possibly say that, unless if you didn't say it. Um, So, no, I, I like that pick. And then, I guess I'm just going to go. I'm already talking. So, um, so you know, that was a good pick for Amitz. But since we got to keep it different, I'm going to say, I mean, for some people, maybe this is an easy one. But I think with the emergence of Devin Achain or Achain or whatever, however you pronounce his last name or however he um Achain. Achain. Okay. Not Achain. 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 Achain um, sounds cooler. It does. So obviously he was like the guy, like like everyone picked him up, and then everyone was starting him, and he's been a monster. But now he just got hurt again. So now Raheem Mostert is still here. He didn't go anywhere. I mean, in certain leagues, he's like one that in this league he for me he's the number two ranked running back in fantasy. So, um, obviously he had a drop off from his first couple weeks, but even last week against the Giants, he scored that touchdown, and he's he's playing the Panthers who. Um, I think it's the defense is, according to the ESPN's forecast, uh, the Dolphins face the Panthers defense, yielding the second most fancy points per game to running backs. So if you got Moster, I think that's a pretty um, likable matchup. So if you got him, play him. I mean, I, I don't know what else to be said because he won't be splitting the carries with uh, a chain. A chain? A chain. A chain. Oh, Even though a. a chain sounds cooler. It's HN. Yeah. HN. HN. But it, my only concern I, I, is that Jeff Wilson is back. Yeah. Come on. Are we, were, we really that worried about Jeff Wilson? It was solid last year. Because he didn't have they didn't have all these other guys. They didn't have Tevin uh HN. So uh anyway, so yeah, so that's my pick for the week. 
both are solid. Both are definitely solid. For the Jordan Addison one, I like it a lot. Personally, if I'm suggesting a Vikings receiver this week, my gut is going with KJ Osborne. I think he's going to be due for a nice week too, but definitely think Kirk is going to be feeding Addison a lot. And Stevie, we know what Miami loves to do with running the ball, so can't be disappointed with your pick either. All right, TJ, who are we starting? <laughs> it's funny because you mentioned my start maybe 30 seconds ago, and that's KJ Osborne. <laughs> I I was one of the, I would assume, thousands if not millions of people that had to put Justin Jefferson on their IR today on their in their fantasy leagues. Um, so next man up would be KJ Osborne. Um, I think, I think now the Vikings really need to figure out what they're doing because even with Justin Jefferson, they were still losing games. So I, I think now, especially with their number one player out, I think, I think KJ Osborne is going to have a, a nice day splitting receptions and targets with, uh, with Addison. Um, yeah, and like I and like I said, uh, the Vikings need to figure it out. And like right now, they they don't look like the team that got beat by the Giants last year in the playoffs. Um, they look a little odd. They look a little different. Uh, I'm not too sure what exactly is going on. I don't know if it's uh, friction with with Kirk and the offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's. Just Kirk not meshing with the game plan. I don't know if it's the receivers. I don't know if it's coaching. I, so on and so forth. Minnesota needs to figure it out. Because I know if they don't, they're going to be losing a lot more games because now their number one right receiver, number one right receiver is out. Uh, next man up, KJ Osborne, I think, is going to get a little more of the targets. But it could be it could be a nice day for both Addison and and KJ Osborne more so Osborne at least personally for my fantasy team. No, I mean I think it's a great pick too. I think he's one of the longer tenured guys with that offense. He's young, speedy inside guy. Could be a nice red zone threat. Wouldn't definitely would not see him as a number one guy for your team. Could, depending on your scenario, maybe number two, but definitely, definitely a concrete flex. So very solid with that as well. And now we'll do sits. I'll do my sit. And this sit really pains me to say because of uh, the circumstances. Um, And if he's your number one receiver, then you got a bigger problem. Uh, But if this guy is a number two Flex definitely would sit him, and that is Michael Pittman with the news of Anthony Richardson going on the IR. Uncle Rico is back. Um, I mean, Pittman's had some decent fantasy numbers, but he's only had one touchdown. Jonathan Taylor's back. They seem to really like what they're doing with, with Zach Moss. This is going to be... A big game. I think they're playing Jacksonville. And Jacksonville just came off a big win against Buffalo. So they're going to be riding high off of that. I'm 
as far as I know, last game that Minshew started was against Philly. I mean, yes, he does have uh, Steichen. Is that his name, the head coach? Shane Steichen. So, I mean, the chemistry is there, but the Jags are a team that you can't take lightly. And Pittman is definitely going to be covered a lot. He's already had a game this season under five points. I think this is going to be another one. So if you have the flexibility, sit Michael Pittman. Unfortunately, I can't afford to this week. I I do want to throw in. So I just want to correct you. He did have a start this year when Anthony Richardson was in concussion protocol. Oh, that's right. And it was the win against Baltimore. And Pittman had nine catches on 11 targets. Was that the game that he had a touchdown, though? No, that was week one. He had a touchdown. Okay, that is fair. I'm still sticking with it. it it's it's a it's a divisional game. I'm I'm taking the Jags to be very very tough for them. Um, if the game's in Indy, maybe Pittman won't be that bad. But he hasn't been a very good fan, very great fantasy receiver to me. Like I said. Only had one touchdown. There's a game where I think he had less than five fantasy points. So if you have the availability, sit Pittman. That's my sit. And Josh, who are we sitting on your end? So I've been going back and forth with this. I was leaning towards a giant player, but then I decided against it uh, just because I didn't think it was fair. So I'm going to sit uh, Kyle Pitts I mean, this week. It's a clear, it's a clear obvious you should sit him this week if they're on the, if they're on the yeah, Giants. Yeah, no, the Giant would be the entire team, because I don't actually know who would play. Um, But I'm going to say Kyle Pitts this week, and they're playing against Washington. And Washington, I think, is looking for for a bounce back because they got embarrassed by Chicago, and no one really expected them to get beat, let alone blown out by Chicago, not even Stevie. So Washington and their other games against Buffalo and against Denver and against uh, Buffalo, Denver, Philadelphia, they shut down their tight ends to to two catches at most, which was Dallas Goddard, Goddard, two catches, 25 yards. That was the most they allowed to a receiver, obviously excluding last week. Cole Komet had five catches and a touchdown. So I think Kyle Pitts, who had a very good game last week, has shown a lot of inconsistency, has had a lot of problem route running, has had a few games where it's like 15 points or then the next week, two points. So yeah, 15 points last week. Don't expect much this week. So yeah, I'm starting. I'm sitting Kyle Pitts this week. He's got to be one of the most frustrating fantasy players I have seen the last few years. I think I owned Pitts two years ago, maybe. And I was kicking myself because like you just said, Josh, he will have weeks where he'll put up 22 points in one week and another week he'll put up five. I mean, we'll, we'll, I, I still, I think I said this a couple of episodes ago and I really, and I'm really do want to talk about his career so far um, and the bust label that he's created for himself, but nonetheless, solid sit. Um, you said that they're playing Washington this week, go Falcons. I'd love to see Washington take another feed Bijan. Feed Bijan. Feed. If you before I get to Stevie, 
for the listeners, if you haven't taken the time to see these replays of this camera angle of Robinson, treat yourself to it. It is one of the coolest things I have seen this entire football season. So go Falcons. Uh, Shout out my guy, Van Jefferson. Hopefully you're uh, landing uh, in a nice new home in ATL. And Mr. Bonazzo, you are up. Well, thank you, Mr. Castle. Uh, so that camera angle was sick. I, I did enjoy watching that. It was a crazy, uh, the aerial view of it was just and unreal. The, the technology we've come to in this day of age. But anyways, for my sit, this is kind of a bold one because I actually have him on pretty much every team in my fantasy league. And am I like, I got like four, three or four fans. I can't keep track. I think next year I'm just going one. Anyways, and that's Mr. Devontae Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a bombshell. That's a bombshell. I'm, I already like the sound of it because of who he plays for. So now I just want to hear the. So the- for me, for me, and I like it even more because of who he's playing against. Yeah. Well, for me, when I drafted him, I was like, Nice. I'm like, I'll pair him with like, I have pretty much him and Justin Jefferson in just about all my leagues, except for this uh, podcast league. Um, So I was like, dude, like Devontae Smith last year pretty much had over like had over a thousand yards, almost a hundred catches. Like, like, I know, I know Hertz and AJ Brown were like the go-to like tandem, but like Devontae was still very solid. And then to start the year, he was solid, but then lately nothing. And then last week against the Rams, who I thought, they would kind of pick apart a little bit. Devontae legitimately got targeted maybe like twice, three times at most, and one catch for six yards. He had one fantasy point as a, like what's supposed to be a, a solid receiver two, and some people might even have him as a wide receiver one, depending on, you know, he probably take multiple running backs. To me, that's just not good numbers. And then his matchup, he's going against the, uh, the Jets, and the Jets have been, their secondary has been limiting receivers um, right from it's like I can't think of I know CD actually had that good game but Cortland Sutton Jerry Cortland Sutton had one target one catch last week Jerry Judy very ineffective the Chiefs Uh, none of the the Chiefs Chiefs, honestly like besides the first half Travis Kelsey was shut down yeah Um, Stefan Diggs CD Lamb those two went off uh, and the Patriots have no one so yeah it's kind of hit or miss so I mean um, why did you finish? No, I mean, I it's your set, and I probably am just gonna just go just say whatever you were gonna yeah. elaborate so, on. So, obviously, sauce will pro now is sauce a little hurt though. I thought he, no, uh, sauce was... is fine. Okay, did he get and a little D- and DJ Reed is and DJ Reed is back too. He yes, missed so last that helps. Week. Yes, that helps. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, th- their secondary is good, and I don't know why Hurts and Smith. I mean, listen, some leagues I'm probably gonna have to play Smith, but. If you can afford to bench him, I would bench him. Just kind of see how this plays out, especially for this week. Um, because last week just left such a bad taste, one point, and like that was against the Rams. So now he's going against the Jets. I just I don't know. I don't see it changing this week. I hope, but I don't. So yeah, that's uh Stevie B came in with uh a bomb. He's dropping bombs on uh podcast with uh starts and sits. I love it. Yeah. I I hope he is limited to nothing. And I hope Dallas Goddard gets fed again like he did last week. So 
Great sit. TJ, bring us home. Who we setting? So this week, uh, I was actually talking about it with uh, one of my coworkers at work because we were talking about the Falcons and just how much Arthur Smith would run the ball every every down and every play if he could. Um, so my sit this week is another Atlanta Falcon, and that's Drake London. Um, until it's, I feel like it's the same thing. I've been saying this for a lot of my picks, but it's been true. Atlanta needs to figure it out. They have all these weapons. They have Drake London. They have Kyle Pitts. Yeah, precisely. Figure it out. Uh, they have all these weapons, and plus they have a two-headed monster, essentially, in Bijan and Tyler Algier. I think Algier's hurt this week, though. Right? Is, is he hurt? Someone, 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 fact check that for me. And he's not. I don't think he's hurt. Okay. I well, think I, it would it would it would have shown up in uh, my fantasy lineup because he's in my lineup. Okay. Um. But like I like I said, uh, if Arthur Smith could run the ball every play of the game, I feel like he would. And I don't know if it's. Uh, because they don't trust their quarterback. I don't know if they don't trust their offensive line. I don't know if they trust their play calling. I don't know what it is. I just think, as of right now, kind of going along um, what Josh said, uh, Drake London is very inconsistent in fantasy. He hasn't scored many high points to begin with, but it's been a very up-and-down season so far. Granted, we're only this will be week six, six weeks in. Or five? Is it five or six? Five. Six. Anyway, uh, they they haven't quite figured out how they want to run their offense. And it's kind of the same thing going on in Pittsburgh with, with Matt Canada. They have all this talent, but they're one of the worst offenses in the league. Um. But favor- favorably, I think even with the matchup too, they're going up against Washington. It's a good matchup for for Drake London. It's a good matchup for Kyle Pitts. But the the, the same thing, uh, the same thing, uh, is uh, it's the same with both. Why we're sitting them? It's just really inconsistent with the offense. It's been really inconsistent getting them the ball, and it's been really inconsistent when it really matters in fantasy. Now, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that will slide that'll DM a player saying, hey, you need to do better for my fantasy team. But I, I think at this point, until the Falcons can figure out what exactly they want to do with their young team, whether it's feed Bijan 35, 40, 50 carries a game, or if they want to actually spread the ball to Kyle Pitts, Drake London, so on and so forth. Until, and I quote from Mr. Pat McAfee, figure it out, sit every Falcons receiver until further notice. I think this is the first time that I can remember that two of us have done starts and sits from the same team. Um, You both doing uh, Vikings receivers to start and Falcons receivers to sit. 
So like, like I told Josh a couple of weeks ago, uh, his his lease is up in his summer home in my head, but he's still here. He's overstaying his welcome. But then again, I don't know if I should complain or if I should enjoy it because we we've we've come a, come to agree on a few things in our uh, in our time together. So I, I hope I hope I don't have to kick you out anytime soon because it's been kind of nice having extra company around. But uh, if we start disagreeing, I'm going to have to terminate your lease. Promise, you can always stay with me. I will make sure I stay with you, TJ. I don't want to go anywhere near Stevie. That is... Castle, you, you could go to Stevie if you want. I will. I will because a man offers you his home and you, and you turn it down. I, I already have a residency with TJ, and I actually extended my lease, so... Castle, thank you for, for it, seeing it, it that it way. It puts Elvis's Vegas residency to, to shame. Me, me and Steve are going to have a great time. We're going to go to Two Roads. We're going to have some good pizza. We're going to heckle all the Chicago teams, even though we can't watch them. It's a great time. You're you're, you're just you're just missing out. But that that's the beauty of this all is that it's the love of the games that that bring us all together and. It's what, why we continue to put on these episodes every week. So with that, we will be concluding another episode in the books. Thank you all for listening. Tune in for football next week. This week, I mean, this upcoming week, got a lot of great games. Next week, we'll be hitting on some baseball. We got the playoffs going on right now. We got an old friend who might be joining us to, uh, give a little baseball talk we're, we're we're throwing it back to the first season of three pete for you original listeners so tune in for that maybe we'll hit college football i don't know we're only five episodes in and we got a lot of great content lined up for you guys so thank you for listening and we'll see you all next week